feeding us this morning, so that would have been a new one to, to most of you, I'm sure, but thanks for clapping along with us. Uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned for you um, today. Uh, we're going to get to hear about summer camp, which that was one of the songs we did at camp. We're going to get to hear from, uh, man, all the missions trips that were taken over this past summer, and uh, we're also going to get to hear from our kids about what God was doing uh, in summer fun, uh, just on the other side of that wall in the gym. So right now, uh, they can't wait to get out here. Why don't we go ahead and bring uh, the kids out now, and they've got just a, a little something for you guys. So why don't you go ahead and have a seat. Um, right now, why don't you guys go ahead and say hey to the folks around you while we get the kids out of here. Thanks, you guys. Good job. Good job. And have a seat. Uh, man, uh, it, today, as I said before, is our Summer's End celebration. And if you're a guest with us today, we are so glad you're here. You join us on a real special day. Um, and uh, let me just make you aware of one thing. There is a connection card in the pew in front of you. If you wouldn't mind taking the time just to fill that out during the service today and drop that in the plate um, as it passes later in the service, uh, we'd love to know that you were here with us this morning. Um, my name's Craig Warner, and uh, many of you may know that uh, me and my wife Katie are transitioning um, out of uh, 180 in the high school into the children's ministry. And uh, man, it has been our joy to serve um, with these high school stu uh, students. And um, this church has something really special. They have, they have uh, teenagers that love God and want to serve Him um, with their gifts. And that is an incredible thing that, um, you know, we are a lucky church uh, to have. And so it's been our joy. It's also um, a, a church that has adults that love teenagers, and that's even harder to find. Um, we, there's an incredible team of adults that serve in 180, um, and they sacrifice a lot. And there's possibly... Um, no other couple that has done that more than uh, Todd and Naomi Goff. Where's Todd and Naomi? There they are. Raise your hand. Higher. Higher now. Um, Todd, and, uh, Todd and Naomi have been serving the students of First Baptist Church for the past 28 years. Um, and uh, the time has come for them to transition out of 180 as well into uh, hanging out with adults. Um, and just a heads up, Todd does not like adults, so, um, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, I, that was worth mentioning uh, today. They have just been, uh, they, were, uh, they were my leaders when I was a student, and it's been my privilege to, to serve alongside of them. And so I just wanted to make sure that we pointed that out today. But um, there's been a lot of work that went into 180 over the summer. Uh, we have our summer camp at the beginning of June every year, and uh, God always does some incredible things there. We have a lot of fun, um, and it's just, a, it's just a key part of what we do um, in high school and extreme. And so uh, this morning, we've got a little video to show you just of uh, what went on at camp and to hear from a few students. Um, so go ahead and enjoy about the next seven minutes of this video. away from camp was um, that I can't be seeking things of this world to grow in my spiritual life. Um, God's word says it all. Uh, it teaches me how to grow and tells me like what to do, I guess. I'm 
like a motivation booster. Like, it really lets you know what your goals are, and it gives you the spirit to chase after those goals. And obviously, we're gonna struggle with those since like we're in high school and there's lots of things challenging us. But with the spirit you get from camp, you can really chase after those goals. And that's really what I took away from camp. takeaway from camp was learning about priorities and that my main priority should be God and not anything else, not sports, school, friends, it doesn't matter. And that to bring God glory, I have to move. And if I move, I'm going to cause friction, but that doesn't matter if I'm going to make other people mad or maybe lose some friends, but I just want to bring God the glory and he's my priority, so it doesn't matter. camp, uh, Brett had talked about the true importance of the Bible uh, in your daily walk with God, and like I knew that already, uh, but I wasn't always giving it the quality time and God the quality time that he deserved in my reading. Uh, so coming away from camp, I just was really focusing on making sure that all my time that I was reading was true quality time, and just even getting in the Word more as well, not just like along with the quality time, just doing it more as well. So that was my big takeaway. It was cool because we talked about not only getting it from like books or from other people talking, but really getting into God's Word and just hearing the truth and learning from it. Okay, Tokyo, Australia, Germany, Africa.
where did you get your wisdom from? That was the question that, that I had um, going into camp and it was very clearly answered throughout camp um, that all your wisdom comes from the Lord and all, all your wisdom comes from the Bible. And that's all that we need to, to be strengthened. Seriously, aren't you glad to be a part of a church that cares about our kids and their spiritual growth? Isn't that not awesome? Well, we've got a lot of other things going that went on this summer as well, and I know that summertime is a time when a lot of us enjoy the opportunity to take some personal family vacation and all that kind of stuff, but I'm excited that in our church, um, that doesn't mean that we're slowing down. And so obviously with the kids out of school, there's opportunities for a lot of, a lot of neat stuff. And so from the little ones on up, and, and obviously I, I know you're all paying attention. Man, they're just the army of volunteers that help that make that a reality. It's just really, really exciting. And, and to think that our teenagers, for example, man, they're using their skills and leading us in worship. Thank you guys for doing that. That's awesome. Really just a great, great thing. But, uh, you know, some adults had some fun too. And uh, I really want to take this opportunity now to just kind of talk about some mission trips. Because in this church, this summer, uh, we were able to send different groups of people to four different countries. Four groups to four different countries to do four really different uh, types of work. All with the same goal, obviously, of getting the gospel to people. What I want to do, basically, is um, just kind of help you to understand a little bit more about what was going on with those trips. I'm going to introduce all of them. I know you have the names in the bulletin, and they'll come up according to that order. Um, but let me just say this to you, because when I, when I exp- I'm just going to mention all the trips where everybody went. And when I do that, I want, if, if we could get the house lights up a little bit, just turn the house lights up a little bit. Um, if you went on one of these trips, when I call out the trip, then just stand up so everybody can know, even though there's only going to be one or two representatives for each trip that are going to share. Uh, if you went on one of these trips, so the first trip, for example, was to the Dominican Republic. Actually, it was the last trip we took, but the first one we're going to talk about. Just a second, Alexa. And uh, the Dominican Republic, and what they basically had the emphasis of doing is uh, primarily most of the guys worked in doing some physical labor and helping with the physical plant. Our missionary is Gary Hale, and uh, our church many years ago gave a $50,000 offering to help develop what they call vision land. It's like 46 acres of land that they've got this amazing vision for developing. So a lot of our people went and did that. Although there were some others that did some help. They have a Christian school and did some teaching, and there were some other ways that we were able to help them out as well. If you went on the Dominican trip and you're here today, would you just stand up? Kind of look around. There's a number of people. All right, let's give them a hand. Thanks. You guys can have a seat. There, there were others. They're not all, they're not all here today. Um, Alexa Oswald is going to come in just a second and share with us about the Dominican trip. Let me just introduce all the rest of them. Another trip that we took uh, was joining a group that we support as an organization called Medical Missions Outreach. And our church has had uh, several groups that have gone on medical mission outreach teams. And Mark Flinner is going to come in just a second and share with us about that. But they went to the country of Honduras. And on the Honduras trip, there was, uh, wow, it just blows my mind that there was probably... Upwards of 100 volunteers that went on this trip, would you say? I mean, that's crazy. Not all from our church. We probably had 20 or so from our church that joined people from other churches in doing this outreach. If you were a part of that Honduras medical trip, would you just stand up? Should be people all over. There's people all over here. See them? All the way in the back. Praise the Lord. And that's been a really great outreach. By the way, you don't have to be a medical professional to be a part of those trips, as uh, we'll hear a little bit more. There's also a trip that we took right after the summer camp week, early in June. There was a bunch of us that went to London, and uh, we joined what they call the campaign. The London campaign is about a month-long time where the missionary we support is Brian Clark, and Brian's been here with us before, where he has different churches come in, and we were one of four different churches that came in, and basically what we did is what everybody's favorite thing in the world to do is we go out on the street and stop people that don't ask us to stop them, and ask them if we can share the gospel with them. And uh, I'm telling you, that, that just gets at the core of your fears to be able to do that. But I uh, had some great, great opportunities for that. And, and when the time comes, Liz Capabianco and Corey Vanslick are going to come and share a little bit about their experiences on that trip. But if you were a part of the London team, if you would just stand up and let everybody know that we, were, we went there. 
Amen. That's awesome. Very cool. Very good. And uh, the last trip that we're going to be hearing about was actually just four of us. My wife and I, Kaylin Brooke Horvath, got to go to Hungary, just outside of Budapest, where um, Brett Bartlett, who was the camp speaker for our youth camp, is the pastor of Wildwood Baptist Church in Lambertville, Michigan. And his church, for the last four years or so, has developed a foundation that is called the Hungarian American Fellowship. And what they have done is they've made connections with the Hungarian government to hold evangelistic youth camps for Hungarian orphans. And, the, and their government contacts that they've made are so excited that this organization is willing to come in and invest time and money to put on camps for these underprivileged kids that otherwise wouldn't have anything uh, available to them. They basically told Brett and the church that if you guys will do this, we don't care if you want to make a Christian. We don't care if you want to share with them about the Bible. That's not our value. But if you want to do that, that's fine. We're just glad you're willing to do something with our kids. And they've been doing this for years and seeing great results. And so you'll see, Cale and Brooke will come up in a minute, and Errol and I, and so you'll see him standing up in a minute. So that's enough for that. Okay, so praise the Lord for hungry. Okay. You could clap for hungry. Come on. Alexa, come on up, Alexa. And Alexa's going to share a little bit more detail about her experience in the Dominican Republic than everybody else in order that I just introduced will come directly after that. I don't really have anything planned out as to what I'm going to say because I was like, "Ah, I can write something out and I'm not even going to probably say anything that I write out. So I'm going to wing it. Um, Basically, Jeff kind of talked about like what the vision was, I guess. Um, I went to the Dominican Republic with, I think, 11 other people, maybe, maybe 10 other people. Um, It was a small group of us. And um, so I didn't really have very many expectations going into it um, just because like I was one of two girls that went in the group. And, like, I had known that most of it was going to be, like, a construction-based, um, like, more of a works missions trip, I guess. And so, like, I was like, well, I'm not strong, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, so, and me and Leighton, Leighton was the other girl. Um, we were just like, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what to bring. I don't know what to wear. Um, so it was just very, like, vague. And uh, so we get there, and, like, the first thing that they had us do um, once we all got there was um, we went to the school that they have. They have a school for, like, um, I think they have up to ninth grade now, maybe. Um, And they're, like, building on a grade every year or whatever. And so um, we had to, like, sand bars of, like, all these little school chairs and, like, sand down the bars and then tape them up with paper so we could, like, spray paint them. And it took forever. Um, There were, like, I don't even know how many chairs there were, but we never got it done. Um, So there were a lot of chairs. And... Um, basically after that night, um, well, I guess I'll say this first. Um, my biggest fear going there was that I wasn't going to be used or like be fruitful, I guess. Um, just cause I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. Um, so anyway, we get there, we sand all these chairs to be painted and then we spray paint them and then it's windy and rocks are like flying on the paint and it was just a mess. But, um, and so that night I was just like, well, I'm probably not going to get to share Jesus Christ with anyone like this entire week. And I was super bummed out about that, um, just because that's what I want to do. I want to tell people about Jesus. And, again, I knew, like, it was more of a, like, physical labor, like, we're going to be working, like, while we're here. Um, So, anyway, in my mind, I was just, like, bummed that I couldn't tell people about Christ. But, uh, yeah. So then, um, I think it was Sunday night, Gary had, like, showed us, like Jeff was saying, um, they have, like, 46 acres of land that they own now. And they want to eventually, like, he showed us the vision plan. They want to move, um, like, the school for all of the kids. They want to move it to this property. They want to build, like, I think three or four baseball fields on this property. They want to move the safe house ministry. That's, like, where they rescue prostitutes. They want to move it all onto this property so it's, like, just all together, I guess. Um, And so I'm like, okay, like, that's a really cool vision. That's going to take a long time. Um, And they drive us out for, like, the next three days. Um, We had to wake up super early and they drive us out to the middle of this field and the first day we get there all that is accomplished is just four posts of a gazebo what's going to be a gazebo like and I'm just thinking in my mind they want to move everything here and like he said that it would probably take like maybe 60 years um to accomplish but a lot of people are saying it's probably going to take longer because they don't really have a lot of people helping them and so yeah there was just four posts of a gazebo that was like all that was done And so we get there, um, Rich and 
uh, Doug were specifically going to be welding like gates and stuff. And then the rest of us, I think like Mark and everyone else was like building, basically what they tried to do all week was like build the structure of what a roof would be for this gazebo. And then it fell down a couple times and we were all like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was hard work. Um, and so uh, in my mind, I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, I can't talk to any of the, like there were a couple Dominican workers there. And I'm like, I don't know Spanish, so I can't ask you what to do. And so, um, but we had like um, Chad, he's one of the missionaries down there. He kind of told us things to do. Um, so like the one day me, Travis and Layton just dug holes. Like for almost, I don't even know how long it was. We were there like for 10 hours every day. And just in the hot sun, we just dug holes so they could like run a water pipe through it. Um, and the ground is super hard and it's all rock. And I can't use a shovel. I had blisters and I'm like, I don't even know how to use a shovel. So <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, but we tried to get it done. Um, and then the remainder of the two days, we basically just mixed concrete. We would like shovel rocks and stuff and mix concrete so the Dominican workers could like make curb um, for driveways. And so in my mind, like this entire time, like it was a little frustrating, it was hot, and I knew I was there to just do whatever they wanted me to do. Um, but yeah, so in my mind at the end of the trip, like I just realized how important it is to like do work trips. Like it's so important, like they need help and stuff. And so. Um, I guess, like, thinking back on, like, oh, man, I'm so bummed. I can't tell people about Jesus. Well, I don't know Spanish anyway, so how, what, am I going to do charades to try and get you saved? Like, like I don't know, because, like, that's how I had to communicate with everyone there. Like, I had to, I'd probably looked like a fool, but it's okay. Um, so, in, I guess, like, my biggest takeaway was just the fact that, um, and Andy kept telling us, like, we're here to encourage Gary and Allie and like all the people here, we're here to encourage and help them and whatever they need help with. Um, and that's what work trips really are for is just like laying that foundation so they can bring their ministry there and they can minister to the people. And, and those people can minister to their own people. Like I don't have to be trying to like tell, tell everyone about Jesus, I guess, because I can't like literally um, in their language. And so just the fact that like we came down um, and just helped them with like all the work that they needed. And Gary was even telling us like, usually most of the trips um, that they have people come down, like they will maybe do half a day's work because they don't want to work. Like people, they almost view it as a vacation, I guess. And it was nice, like it was nice weather and stuff, but like no one wants, like they see, oh, I have to dig holes. I don't want to do that for very long. And so they just don't get a lot of like people that want to truly just help them. They don't just see the big picture, I guess. And so, my biggest thing, again, was just like, okay, if we want to get this accomplished, if they want to get this accomplished in 60 years, like, they need people to, like, help them with the physical part, with the work. And, like, that is laying the foundation so they can minister to the people there. Um, and I am a part of that, and that was fruitful, um, just seeing that part of it. And I just want to say, too, also, um, uh, just for, like, people that do have families that are here and are like, oh, foreign missions isn't for me, um, go on those work trips. Like, it wasn't really expensive at all. It's only for a few days, and you really are helping, like, pray about it. You really are helping these people get the bigger picture accomplished. Um, you don't have to dedicate your life to, like, moving to a different country. Like, say you're already here and you have a job and you have families, but, like, take the opportunity seriously to just go to these different places, even if it's for a week, um, to help these people out, because it's really encouraging to them. And it encouraged me too, so that's it. My name is Mark Klinner, and uh, I was able to go on the uh, medical missions outreach uh, to Honduras. And, um, you know, obviously uh, I don't have a degree in any medical things, so I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express to get ready for it and everything. Uh, so I was good to go for the whole week. Um, to be quite honest with you, I uh, when, when this trip was kind of coming up, uh, I was like, eh, you know, it's not something that I was really wanting to do or anything like that because... Uh, in my mind, uh, I was so used to missions trips being going for an entire week or whatever, and you go out and you, you share the gospel for eight, nine hours a day, you come home, you sleep, you go to bed, and then you do the same thing the next day. And I knew that were, were things that we weren't uh, actually going to be doing. And uh, 
you know, so my wife, uh, she's the one that actually really kind of brought up the whole trip and everything. I was like, sweet, you know, because she had never gone on a trip, never really been out of the country outside of uh, going to one other place. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go there to, to support her and everything, you know, and uh, do that. And because kind of back up for a second, you know, I spent a year uh, in the Philippines when we were going there a lot. And so I was there. Um, but it had been, sad to say, uh, 13 years uh, uh, span in between the time that I had come home until this trip. Um, you know, so I, part of it was just like, you know, just a lot of circumstances and stuff. So, you know, so when this whole trip come up, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go there to, you know, to support my wife. You know, she's, she's a nurse and she's going to have fun with it in the whole nine yards. So um, when, we, when the team got together, um, you know, we had a lot of first-time um, uh, people going on missions trips and uh, on a mission trip, and I was kind of kind of shocked by that. You know, I was like, I thought you had been on a trip and on all those type of things, and uh, but it was really really cool and neat to see how everybody we got to. You know, there's over about 20 of us or somewhere in that number uh, that actually went, and I would say about half of us uh, had never been on a trip. So uh, looking. You know, at that through that uh, lens, uh, it was really neat to see the excitement uh, and uh, and everything that goes on with your first trip uh, in, in in seeing that. And so, so we were there for uh, for a week. We got there on a Saturday, and we came home on a Saturday. Uh, and basically, from Monday to Thursday, you know, we would get up early in the morning, which wasn't a big deal because there was a little bit of a time change. But we eat breakfast, you know, by six and by seven, we're gone, and not get back to the to hotel and, and eat dinner until about that same time and so you know I was a part of the uh, the vision team and we basically we had um, the way that it worked uh, we found this place it was a school and with kids still going to school there so it was kind of neat to see how that worked out but the people that wanted free uh, there was um, medical there was dental and there was vision uh, that that if you wanted to come um, and they could choose one of those things. And they had to stand in line, and they had to pick one. If they wanted to go to another one, they had to go to the back of the line and kind of start all over. So if they wanted glasses, they did that one. And if they needed medicine, they'd have to stand in line and go through that whole thing. So as we were coming up to the, to the school, I mean, you just see lines and lines of people that that needed these things. And remember, I'm, I'm at the mindset of, you know, we're just giving out glasses. We're giving out some pills for a few days, and we're just, you know, Doc Steele's pulling a few teeth and stuff like that and, and stuff. And it, what, what's the big deal, you know? And, and unfortunately, I can't believe I was even thinking those things. And But as soon as you walk, uh, as soon as we're in the bus and you see the lines of people, that all goes away. You, We were able to meet the needs, the physical needs of people, and it, it just reminded me that, you know, when, when Christ was on earth, he, that's one of the, usually one of the first things that he was doing. It was meeting the physical needs of the people before he even started preaching to them. And a lot of times the mindset, you know, was for me and, and everything was just talking and preaching and stuff like that instead of just meeting the people around me and meeting their needs and being friends with them and, you know, and, and just forming those relationships. It's all, it, to me, it was like, okay, I got to get another notch, you know. Uh, I got to bring them to church. I got to do all these things and, and kind of forgetting about the uh, the real life aspect of things. And uh, so that all went away when we first got there. And I'm not big on numbers or anything like that, but I know we actually, like I said, Monday, Tuesday, or, yeah, Monday, Tuesday Wednesday, and Thursday were our days. And I think through the whole thing, just with the vision uh, itself, we saw over, you know, about 350 plus, I don't even remember all the numbers of people coming through and, and needing glasses and, and all those type of things. And the one thing that I did, we had this, I didn't realize it at the time, a really expensive machine that would take me months to pay back if it got broke. But, you know, we got to, uh, I got to look in everybody's eyes that it, it sat right in front of me. I mean, I was literally, you know, a foot away from them. I take this this instrument. I would look in their eyes, but one of the things that I'd have to do every time is I I took my hand 
and I was able to touch their face and, and open their eyes because I had to do a few things. And so I was able to physically touch everybody and look in their eyes. And to me, that was just, I mean, just let your mind go with that. And it was just really awesome to see, you know, I couldn't speak a lick of English. I called one little girl, two little monkeys, I mean, instead. So, you know, I, I just stopped. I wasn't going to pretend to, to learn Spanish anymore. But, uh, but you know, it was, it was really cool. And a couple takeaways uh, is that if you've never been on a trip, you know, we had Lynn Warner. I thought she had been on 100 trips, you know, but she had never been on a trip. And, uh, you know, with, with where she, her stage of life, because that's the proper way to say it, an age in life, uh, it doesn't matter your age on, on, on a trip, especially like this with medical missions. Um, and like I said, I work for a construction company. I have no experience in, in medical. I don't even go to the doctor. And uh, I was, <laughs> uh, my wife would be like, yeah, he's right. He doesn't go to the doctor. Um, so... If it's your first, if you've never been on one, this is a perfect opportunity to basically, you, you catch the heart of missions, you catch the, the, the heart and, uh, of, of the uh, local workers, so the local church that we get connected with there, and uh, our, um, our, if there's a language barrier, interpreters and stuff like that, you get to form those relationships, and you get to form the, the friendships and the relationships of the people that are on your team. You know, we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with some of uh, the folks from, from FBC, uh, but the times that we did, um, I mean, we could talk about these stories for years and years and years uh, and, and stuff like that. So I would encourage you, like, you know, I know we've got some, th- I'm not going to say where, but we've got some things, yes, you know, ahead in the future with, with medical missions. Uh, and like I said, you don't have to uh, have any type of experience in being a nurse or anything like that. I mean, just go. I mean, that's all Jesus ever wants us to go. And you don't have to have the mindset, well, if I'm not sharing the gospel, this isn't a true missions trip. That Just just blow that out. You know, don't even think of it that way because that's the way that I did, but God changed that, that idea in, in my mind. So, My name is Liz Capabianco, for those of you who might not know me. And like Jeff said, we went to London, and it was um, basically to give the gospel to people and share, um, you know, just evangelize on the street. And it was my first trip going out of the country. Um, it was my first missions trip ever, too. And so um, I was a little bit nervous, was a little bit scared, didn't know what to expect. Um, and for sure when we got there and after we got some training and um, we were actually out on the street getting our feet wet. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? This is <laughs> this is not what I thought it was going to be, but it ended up being really cool, and I'm glad that I went. Um, it was just good to get out of my comfort zone and to just be stretched in, in such an awesome way and to just um, know that this is something that I don't necessarily have to go overseas and do. Like It was a really good reminder just sharing the gospel with people that I don't have to go across the ocean to do this. I can do this in my backyard. Like, why am I not doing this at home? Why am I not, you know, telling others about Jesus? And, you know, there's there's all kinds of people out there that just don't know. And so to just have to stop people, too, was really good because, you know, it made me think, like, we don't like when people stop us here when we're at the mall. We think it's annoying or, you know, like, I don't want that to happen. And so, like, it was kind of like that there. But... You know, I'm just so glad that I did it because I just realized the reality of how um, awesome God is, how much he's worth giving your life for and serving, and this is something that he commands. And so, two, like, just big takeaways were just, like, I had to ask myself the question, like, obviously I, you know, was like, why am I not doing this at home? But also, like, you have to get to the root of, like, there's probably something that's keeping me from doing this at home. And so it was like letting go of those fears, letting go of, you know, like thinking like I'm not good enough or what are people going to say? Like that doesn't really matter. It was awesome to just like lay that there on the field and just say like, God, you're worth giving my life for. You're worth serving. You know, if this is something you want me to do here or if this is something you want me to do overseas, 
I'll do it if this is something that you, but I know this is something you want me to do at home. So I for sure want to make sure that when I go back that I'm not being selfish and I'm not living for myself, but that I'm truly living for you and being obedient to what you say. And so, um, you know, it just doesn't matter about like my social life anymore or, you know, all these other things that I think that I need to do or all these things that consume my life that I'm like, I want to do this and that. No, like that's not, that's really not what he wants for my life. Like he wants me to share the hope that I have inside of me. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just want my motivation to be obedience. I want my motivation to be to honor God. And that's kind of what I took away from the trip. I'm going to try not to repeat too much of what she said, but um, yeah, it was, this was my first foreign missions trip, and um, when I found out I was going in February, I knew I was going to have to talk to a lot of people while I was there, so I spent a few months learning the language and uh, got that comfortable <laughs> enough. And uh, I was still a little sloppy, but I knew enough to get by. Um, yeah, like, like she said, you know, for, for six hours a day, we're just out on the street stopping people, talking to them about Jesus, and yeah, it was really uncomfortable, um, but more so it was more uncomfortable for the people we were stopping because you're just walking down the street. Somebody's like, hi, can I ask you a question? Leave me alone. You know, uh, Brian and Ryan Johnson, the other missionary who was there, were very careful to give us, you know, training on like, here's a good way to approach somebody so that if they don't want to talk to you, they can just turn around and leave. And that's fine because we're out there looking for people who are genuinely interested in understanding who Jesus is. Um, and I guess, yeah, my biggest takeaway from this trip was, you know, I've wanted to be a church planning missionary for, for a while now, and uh, I'm a few years away from that. But um, I, I guess I understand the level of discomfort that it takes to put yourself out there and to get other people to understand who Jesus is. But more than that, I guess now I understand that, like, I don't have to be overseas somewhere to share the gospel with somebody. I can just do that here. Um, it's a little harder here because I know some of the people here, but um, at the same time, it's like, well, if it's harder here, then if I can do it here, I can do it anywhere. Um, so I guess if, if I just focus on that, then I'll be ready to go do it over there whenever that time comes. Um, I guess that's that's it for me. Hello? Ah. Well, Hoichivnok. That means, what's your name? Um, it's one of the few things I learned when we were there, other than no, because we were at a youth camp, so so we said no a lot. Um, yeah, um, so I'm Kale. This is my wife, Brooke. We're uh, the leaders in our extreme middle school student ministry over here. Um, Thanks. Yeah, you're you're like I feel terrible for you. <laughs> no, it's great though. We love middle schoolers. It's it's awesome. Um, my wife's gonna talk at the end just for a few seconds because like, if we were magicians, bear with. If we were magicians, I'd be the guy who like stands and talks and does the tricks, and she'd be the assistant who like stands there and looks pretty. So so we're gonna do that gig, and she's gonna talk for a few seconds at the end. Um, but the way that we got hooked up with Brett, like Jeff was talking about. Um, is, is actually kind of funny because it was like a year and a half, two years ago that, that Jeff was like, he found out that my family's heritage is Hungarian. My dad is like 100% Hungarian. So if you do the math, I'm half Hungarian because my mom isn't. And so Jeff just thought that was cool because he knew that Brett, um, this, mis- uh, this missionary, this pastor who leads Wildwood Baptist Church up in the Toledo area has this um, ministry to Hungarian orphans. And he's like, dude, you got you to talk to Brett. You got to do something like this. And I was like, okay, we'll talk to him. So we talked to him, and then eventually we led to us going on that trip uh, in July and then found out a couple months before that, Brett's like, hey, you want to teach it? I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I, so I was like, I've, I've, done, I've been at camps before. I can do this. So, um, so I prepared to teach orphans about Jesus uh, when we were there, and we just got some pointers from Brett about about the culture um, before we went there. So really, it's it's not like I mean, if you guys are thinking what summer camp is like, it's not get up and uh, you know give the gospel after two days. I mean, really, I gave I think it was seven seven or eight messages throughout the week, and and, and message one was there is a God, and He created everything. I mean, really, these kids know nothing 
about who God is. So, I mean, we started literally at there is a God, and he created everything, and then this is what he looks like. And, by the way, he has a son, and the reason he came here. So, I mean, it just it was building to this climax, and, uh, and it was just fantastic. I'll let my wife tell you about, you know, the kids and stuff, but really there was 50 kids there. At the camp, that's typical. They usually bring about 50 kids there. And uh, 25 of them professed to have a relationship with Christ by the end of the camp, um, which is just, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, give it up for God. It, it's, it's fantastic. And um, we, uh, I mean, it was, it was different learning to teach through a translator. Um, as you guys know, I, I talk kind of fast when I preach. And uh, so I had to slow down. I had to take pauses. And uh, lose my spot a few times, and but but it was good, and it was a lot of fun, and it was encouraging just to see how people in another land that I've never been to across the world respond to Jesus when you tell them about him. It was it was so encouraging, and really, man, it, and for me, it, I mean, it wasn't just it was our first missions trip together, but really, this was it was so much more than a missions trip to me because for me, this was where I'm from. You know what I mean? There was just just a little bit of emotional attachment there because it's like my family's from there, and I know most of my family are probably never, ever going to go get to see where we came from. And um, so, I mean, for me, it was just like it, a little piece of my heart it was just there already because that's where we were from. These are these are my people, you know, so it was so cool. And, and one thing that one of the little kids said when, when we first, some of the kids first got there and, and came and met us, and, and he talked to he said something to me just as, crazy really fast their language sounds like snakes we were talking about because they're like and i'm like i I don't know what you're saying i went to grab a translator and he said to the translator looking confused you don't speak hungarian i was like no why would i speak hungarian man and he's like you look hungarian and dude it just it was it was cool it was really cool um because you guys know me. I'm the kid with holes in his ears, right? And the weird, and the two-tone hair, like Rich tells me, and tattoos. And he was like, you look Hungarian. And it was just like, ah, oh, I want to be here. And, and man, I'm not, we're not going anywhere soon. Extreme, we're not going anywhere soon. We're, we're staying here. It's all good. But, man, I think what I took away from this trip, I can't die here. I can't die here. We have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of churches in this Christian nation that we live in and we go over there to a culture that's just saturated with atheism and works-based anti-gospel and they didn't know like I started to talk to one of the kids we did a one-on-one thing with with me and a translator and another kid and we were just I was talking to him about what are you thinking about the messages this week man and he's like he's like my, my my parents go to temple I get that and then as we talked, we found out that they were, it was, it's, it, Catholicism works based theology. And, and I had to tell him, listen, you don't, because he was telling me that what they believed and he thought he was okay because his parents went to church. And I was like, no, that's, it's not just because I said Jesus's name, it's not the same. And, uh, I don't know if he ended up getting saved or not, but man, guys, that was my biggest takeaway was, and w- will it be hungry? I don't know. Um. We're, we're a few years away from deciding where we want to go or, or where, where we'll be, but I can't die here, man. I can't. I love America, and I love our people, but there's people dying every day, going to hell. that didn't even get the chance to hear. They didn't even get the chance. I can't, I can't die knowing that without even trying. Here you go. All right, first of all, I want you all to know I'm very nervous in front of crowds. So if I stutter a little bit, bear with me. <laughs> um, so I just want to tell you a little bit about the kids. Uh, kids are just, I, I love kids. And doing extreme, I just, I love it. I, I fit there. I, I just love that age group. And to be able to go down there, like he said, we had about 50 kids from like 5 years old up to 17. And so um, I had a few that kind of latched on to me through the week, and they were extreme age and it was so cool the first <laughs> the first day actually how I I got to know a few of them was um they loved just playing in the water and so we were just in the water and they had these little balls and they learned that if I throw this as far as I can into the deep end this American girl will go fetch it and she brings it back to me <laughs> and so <laughs> after several times of 
doing it and getting tired, I eventually had to, like, tell them no, and they would just laugh and try and do it again. Um, but, I mean, it was just really cool because um, one thing I was worried about was the the language. Like, I, I can't speak to them, and we only had about maybe six translators, so you didn't always have somebody with you. But it was just really cool to see that that didn't matter because um, one of the girls I had, she, she knew a little bit of English. She was about 14, and she knew how to say, this is. And they just loved just grabbing your hand and running you all around camp and telling you, she would say, Brooke, this is. And then she would say it, and they would all, like, wait for you to say it back to them, and they would get so excited. And um, so, like, they would, like, <laughs> the one time we were in the field, and they they sat me down on the ground and, like, pulled my hands out, and they picked up grass and put it in my hand, and they'd say, Brooke, this is and then they would say it and, like, just wait for you to say it back to them. And so it was really cool just, just to be able to go down there and show them that love. Even though you can't speak to them, they just, they just want your time. And they just want you to just, just be with them. Like, from 8 in the morning, they would wait out on our porch, just wait for you there till you came out and ate breakfast. And it, it was just so cool to be able to go down there and show them the love of Christ, even though you couldn't talk to them all the time. Um, not having a translator around, and so I think God just really opened up my eyes to, like he was saying, the, the big world that's out there, you know, coming from New Philly or Dover, it's just a small town, and, and you just, I don't know, I just got so comfortable just being here and going down there and just seeing that there's so many people in this world, and, and they all need Christ too, and like he said, we, we just can't die here. We, we want to take it to the world. Wherever God leads us, that's, that's where we want to go, and, and we'll follow him. Thanks, guys. All right, so that's, that's a snapshot. Listen, if y'all just want to know more about any of these trips or are just interested, again, I, I kind of pointed out all the other people that went. Grab any of those people. They've all got stories. Everybody's got stories, and we just had to pick a few for sake of time to hear from about what, you know, just give you an idea of what God's been doing, and it's an exciting thing. It is, listen, the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ before he ascends to the Father and leaves the disciples behind is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so whether it was a physical work trip like Alexa shared, and and they facilitate the ability for the missionaries to do more of the hands-on ministry work, or whether it's a medical missions trip like Mark talked about. He, he didn't specifically mention it, but there were the missionaries in the local church that they worked with that made sure that every single patient that came through any one of those lines was, heard the gospel before they left. I mean, there was real hands-on ministry that was being done. Obviously, London is an English-speaking place, and it's a little easier to do that, although uh, they didn't mention specifically people getting saved or not, and we're, we weren't exactly sure if that all happened on the spot. It didn't happen on the spot with us. I happened to be with them in London. But the goal really was to just get the information of the people who were interested, if they'd give you a, a name and a phone number and that sort of thing. And then the team of the church there would follow up, invite them out for coffee or whatever, and have an opportunity to explain more of the gospel. And we literally presented, I don't know, I bet, 30 or 40 names of people to follow up on for the team to do that. They were excited about that in just a week's time, getting out of our comfort zone. And then, of course, the trip in Hungary. And, and that was exciting to directly see through that camp ministry. 50% of the kids that showed up made a profession. And, they, and by the way, they didn't just, there, there was no public altar call, raise your hand, are you saved? It was the, the counselors with the Americans sitting down one-on-one after they were interested. Like Cale said, he got a counselor and was just sharing, I mean, a translator and sharing with one of the one of the kids, one by one by one by one, 25 of them-ish, as far as we can tell, said that they were interested. And that's just, that's an exciting, exciting thing, man. And there's opportunities. There'll be more opportunities. We're moving through September, and this year we will be having our World Missions Conference the 1st of October. Historically, it's always been the 1st of November. So just be thinking about that. You'll hear about more about that as we come through in September. I'll talk to you more about that kind of a thing. But let me just say this. Praise the Lord that we can be a part of a church that's doing this kind of stuff, amen? Because the Great Commission is not just about all the other places. It's about right here, too. And so that was emphasized here, whether it's our children or whether it's the youth or whether it 
would be across the world. It doesn't really matter. It's just about serving the Lord and making him the priority in your life and doing what he would want to do. If you happen to be new to First Baptist Church, and just very shortly, we're going to sing another song, and we're going to wrap it up, and we've got a picnic scheduled. And, uh, but, but listen, if you're new to First Baptist Church and you're looking for a church home, I hope that this day encourages you to have an idea of what kind of a church we are. Because we're interested in getting the gospel to people. We're active and involved. And if you've been a part of this church, I mean, I would think this would be a kind of a church you would want to join. I, I, I would hope that you would want to, and we would want to have you. But if, you're, if you've been a member of First Baptist Church, if you've been coming here frequently, and for whatever reason, you just haven't taken the time yet to just jump in and, and, and to really get involved, can I just encourage you to get involved? I mean, we're getting back to the fall season and the school year. We're getting back to a regular routine. The summer vacations are coming to an end now. And we kind of get back into the, the routine of what kind of normal life looks like. If you haven't taken advantage of getting involved in a ministry, get involved in a ministry. If you haven't joined a life group in the middle of the week where you can really get to know people and pray with them and share and grow together and reach out, our local life groups, uh, church life groups, are the, are the core from which we reach out into all our local community ministry, which is really important. Uh, if you've never been a part of biblical discipleship, either as a student or a teacher, uh, we have all these things available for you. Get involved. I mean, if, it's, if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? And if you're not going to do it now, I mean, really, what are you waiting for? I don't know about you. I'm a student of prophecy. We don't know exactly when the Lord's coming back, but is it obvious to say that every day we're a day closer? You don't know how much time you've got, right? And, and if you're not going to do it here, kind of like Corey said, where, where are you going to do it? I mean, let's just be faithful in doing what God called us to do here and now. And, and this is it's an exciting time. It's a great opportunity. So um, we're going to pray together. Let's just all stand. Um, and while we're praying, again, we're just going to rejoice and worship the Lord. We'll have one last song. We're going to be able to have the opportunity to give our offerings. Uh, but let's just rejoice and worship the Lord uh, together. Father, we love you. We are so very thankful for all that you're doing in our church body. I'm so thankful, Lord, for, for just the army of people who love you with their whole heart and soul. They want desperately to serve you with all their lives and to make a difference. Lord, we're a church that desires to make a difference in the lives of individuals in this world, that you would look on us and see a, a body of people that love you and are surrendered to you, that we would say, not my will, but thine, O Lord. Lord, work in us, work through us, lead us. And God, can I just say thank you again? I know the word's not enough, but I'm so very grateful for these last several months, this summer break that we've had and the opportunity to serve you and that while a lot of people are taking vacations and a lot of things kind of slow down, uh, we've done a lot of things. We've, we've just allowed you to work in us and through us and change lives and that's a wonderful thing. Thank you for changing the lives of, of the young children who are memorizing the verses of the gospel and learning about how they can leverage road signs and colors and to telling their friends about you. Thank you for all the teens that lives were touched and changed through the camp experience and just in general realizing that you're more important than popularity or things that are around us. Thank you for the adults that took their time and took their money and went to other places and went way out of their comfort zone to do something because it matters. Thank you, Lord, for a church body that loves and supports this vision that we give and we support and we pray and we care for. Thank you for the privilege to just be a pastor in this body. Lord, we love you and we rejoice for all the things you want to continue to do moving forward. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.